As little children, we would sing, This little Christian light of mine, I'm a gonna let it shine. As adults, well, let's be reminded the world sees how the Christian lives. Let's talk about that today from the International Gospel Hour. Stay tuned. Hi, this is Jay Webb for International Gospel Hour. We're so glad you've decided to listen to our program today. In a world of challenges, we need God's Word to help us face those challenges. Thank you for joining us in this period of Bible study with our speaker, Jeff Archie of International Gospel Hour, a broadcast of the Churches of Christ. So let's listen today. Here's Jeff. Well, greetings to everyone and a joy to have you with us today for our broadcast from the International Gospel Hour. This is our weekly broadcast, a little longer, of course, than our daily broadcast, but we're grateful that you have tuned in to listen and to study with us today. A very special thank you also to our Jay Webb, who does a great job with our announcing, and he will share with you some information about our work and work of others throughout our broadcast. You know, since 1934, friends, the International Gospel Hour has been on the air or online in most recent years, but we're grateful to be on the air to this day. The longevity of our broadcast, we give God the glory, and we thank you for tuning in and making this a part of your listening and studying of the Word of God. We are treasuring our past as we do quite often. We're grateful for brethren before us who spoke on this broadcast. And today, we'd like to mention the late Brother Winford Claiborne. He began preaching in 1943, and he spoke on the radio as early as 1947. He became the voice of International Gospel Hour in 1995. And in previous broadcasts, it has been a privilege to reach into our archives and bring forth a lesson from Brother Winford. We do the same today as we will consider the Christian's manner of life. We will begin in a moment, but first, a few words from our J-Webb. Streaming television content is quickly growing, and with that said, check out our friends at World Video Bible School. Their website is wvbs.org. Between listening to us here at International Gospel Hour, check out over 2,400 videos and get this, enroll in their online school and work at your own pace absolutely free. That's wvbs.org. Again, that's wvbs.org. You and I both know that worldly people are watching us to see if we are consistent in our profession as Christians. That is one of the reasons our Lord and His apostles urge us to live every day to the glory of God. In His great Sermon on the Mount, Jesus urged His disciples to remember these great truths. From Matthew 5, verses 13 through 16, Jesus said, You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt has lost his savor, wherewith shall it be salted? It is henceforth good for nothing but to be cast out and be trodden under the foot of men. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick, and it gives light unto all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. Faithful Christian living is a powerful argument to unbelievers. The Apostle Paul knew that some of the Corinthian Christians were married to non-Christians. 
He exhorted both husbands and wives to be examples to their unbelieving partners. He asked, Wife, how do you know whether you will save your husband? Husband, how do you know whether you will save your wife? 1 Corinthians 7, verse 16. The Apostle Paul exhorted Christian wives married to non-Christians. Likewise, you wives, be in subjection to your own husbands, that if any obey not the word, they also may without the word be won by the conversation of the wives, while they behold your chaste manner of life coupled with fear. Whose adorning let it not be the outward adorning of the plating of the hair, and wearing of gold, or the putting on of apparel? But let it be the hidden man of the heart, in that which is not corruptible, even the ornament of a meek and quiet spirit, which is in the sight of God of great price. For after this manner, being in the old time, the holy women also, who trusted in God, adorned themselves, being in subjection unto their own husbands. 1 Peter 3, 1-5 How should Christians live to be examples for unbelievers to imitate? I urge you to listen carefully to these words from Paul's letter to the Philippians. Only let your conversation be as it becomes the gospel of Christ, that whether I come and see you or else be absent, I may hear of your affairs that you stand fast in one spirit, with one mind striving together for the faith of the gospel, and in nothing be terrified by your adversaries, which is to them an evident token of perdition, but to you of salvation and that of God." For unto you is given in the behalf of Christ, not only to believe on Him, but also to suffer for His sake, having the same conflict which you saw in me, and now here to be in me. Philippians 1, 27-30 This passage will serve as basis of our study on the Christian's manner of life. Paul exhorted the Philippians, Only let your conversation be as becomes the gospel of Christ. The expression, let conversation literally means to be a citizen, to conduct one's life as a citizen. Christians are citizens in the kingdom of God. How does God expect us to behave as citizens? We must behave in such a way as to become the gospel of Christ. But what does that mean? Paul explains how Christians are to conduct our lives. Incidentally, Paul wanted the Philippians to live according to the gospel, whether or not he was with them. He wanted to hear how the Philippians were doing in service to God and to their fellow men. Paul provides insight into the Christian's manner of life. He urged them to stand fast in one spirit. Throughout his writings, Paul admonishes his readers to be steadfast. He concludes his great chapter on the resurrection by saying to the Corinthians, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. 1 Corinthians 15:58. Paul commanded the Corinthians, Watch, stand fast in the faith, act like men, be strong, let all that you do be done in love. 1 Corinthians 16:13 and 14. Paul knew the temptations those early Christians would face. He charged the Ephesians, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand." Stand, therefore. 
Ephesians 6, 10-14. Paul also exhorted the Philippians, Therefore, my brethren, dearly beloved and longed for, my joy and crown, so stand fast in the Lord, my dearly beloved. Philippians 4, 1. Paul also urged the Philippians to serve God with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel. As Christian laborers, we are to strive together with one mind. The Greek verb translated striving together means to contend together. The same verb is translated labor. Paul used the word of Christian women at Philippi. And I entreat you also, true yoke fellow, help those women who labored with me in the gospel, with Clement also, and with other of my fellow laborers, whose names are in the book of life, Philippians 4, verse 3. Notice that Paul said, with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel. When a church is divided, it becomes almost impossible to have a positive influence. That was Paul's reason for urging the members of the body of Christ at Corinth to be united. Now I beseech you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all speak the same thing, and that there be no divisions among you, but that you be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. 1 Corinthians 1, verse 10. Paul pled with two Christian women at Philippi, I beseech Eodius and beseech Syntyche, that they be of the same mind in the Lord. Philippians 4, 2. It is the duty of every Christian to work together with other Christians for the faith of the gospel. What a great joy and honor to be able to serve in God's kingdom and preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. Jude, our Lord's half-brother, urged all Christians, Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that you should earnestly contend for the faith which was once for all delivered unto the saints. Jude 3. We cannot sit idly by and expect others to do our work. God holds us individually accountable for serving in His kingdom. There were unquestionably enemies of the cross of Christ at Philippi. Paul does not identify them, but he warned the Philippians about them. Brethren, be followers together of me, and mark them who walk, so as to have us for example. For many walk, of whom I have told you often, and now tell you even weeping, that they are enemies of the cross of Christ, whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly, and whose glory is in their shame, who mind earthly things. Philippians 3, 17-19 He exhorted the Philippians, and in nothing be terrified by your adversaries. History informs us that the church had many enemies in the first century and through the centuries. For the first three hundred years of the church's existence, there were bitter enemies of the cross of Christ. Luke tells us of the enemies in Jerusalem. And Saul was consenting unto his, that is, Stephen's death. And at the time there was a great persecution against the church, which was at Jerusalem. And they were all scattered abroad throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria, except the apostles, Acts 8, verse 1. We know there are people whose aim is to destroy New Testament Christianity. Tragically, many of those people are right here in the United States of America. Paul would also tell us, in nothing be terrified. In other words, do not be afraid when you are on God's side. Paul assured the Roman Christians, For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature 
shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord, Romans 8, 38, and 39. Paul explained what will happen to the enemies of God's people. Their end is destruction, Philippians 3:19. He also said concerning those who oppose Christians, their opposition to the cross of Christ is an evident token of their perdition. But of salvation for God's people, Paul told the Romans, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men, who suppress the truth and unrighteousness, because that which is known of God is manifest unto them, for God has shown it unto them. Romans 1, 18 and 19. Paul also told the Romans, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord, Romans 6, verse 23. Friends, I'd like to pause here for Brother Claiborne's lesson and want to now turn to our J-Web. When we talk about a lot of these things of which we are discussing and thinking about how individuals should live their lives, we have many of our listeners who would want to know more and to study on their own. We have a wonderful Bible study by mail that you can do in the privacy of your own home at your pace to help you as you draw closer to a decision to follow Christ. You may very well be one who is involved in the church where you are. You may be deeply religious. We want you to know that to study the Word of God is never a detriment but a challenge and a blessing, and you very well may want to add it to your study habits. It's absolutely free. Let me defer to our J-Web with the details. Our well-received Bible study course by mail is available to everyone absolutely free. Would you like to try it? All you do is call us toll-free at 855-444-6988 and leave your name, address, and just say Home Study. That's it. That's all you have to do. You may also go to our website at internationalgospelhour.com Click on the Contact tab and leave us the same information, name, address, and type Home Study in the message box. At your own pace, you can study the Bible in your own home. Again, it's free. Give it a try. And it's from your friends here at International Gospel Hour. Would it surprise you that some atheists are concerned about attacks against Christianity? S.E. Cup is an atheist. Her book has the title, Losing Our Religion, the Liberal Media's Attack on Christianity, written in 2010. Cup affirms, this revelation and its goal is, are, very simple, to overthrow God and silence Christian America for good, page 2. She believes that targeting faith is targeting democracy, and that's something that should make every American deeply concerned for the future, page 3. For the liberal media, Cup says, God is out and atheism is most definitely in, page 24. She admits, atheism does not do this, that is, hold people accountable for their actions. There is no implied morality in atheism, page 235. Cup asks, is the media really secular or is it just liberal? She responds to her own question. If anything, the religion editors often are even further to the left than other journalists, because they often fall into the intellectual orbits of the bureaucrats in the church management caste 
who tend to pick up a lot of liberalism in seminary, page 257. S.E. Cupp's book is a very revealing volume and ought to be read by every person who is concerned about religion in America. Friends, let me pause here from Brother Claiborne's statement, of which this lesson was done well over eleven years ago. Do you see anything that is different in this world today? Let us be concerned of our stand for the truth and always do what is right. And now we continue with Brother Claiborne's lesson concerning the Christian and the Christian's manner of life. Paul wanted the Philippians to know they would be persecuted for their faith in God. For unto you is given in the behalf of Christ not only to believe in Him, but also to suffer for His sake, Philippians 1.29. We may think it is unfair that believers in Christ should expect to be persecuted. Jesus Christ did not want His followers to be deceived into believing they could escape persecution. He assured them, Remember the word that I said unto you, The servant is not greater than his Lord. If they have persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they have kept my saying, they will keep yours also. John 15, verse 20. The Apostle Paul experienced persecution almost everywhere he preached. Luke tells of his preaching in Berea. But when the Jews of Thessalonica had knowledge that the word of God was preached of Paul at Berea, they came thither also and stirred up the people, Acts 17:13. Paul wanted Timothy to know he should expect persecutions. But you have fully known my doctrine, manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, love, patience, persecutions, afflictions, which came to me at Antioch, at Iconium, at Lystra, what persecutions I endured, but out of them all the Lord delivered me. Yea, and all who will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. 2 Timothy 3, 10-12 the Scriptures nowhere leave the impression that suffering is necessarily beneficial. The Apostle Paul explained that truth. Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you as though some strange thing happened to you, but to rejoice inasmuch as you are partakers of Christ's sufferings, that when His glory shall be revealed you may be glad also with exceeding joy. If you be reproached for the name of Christ, happy are you." For the Spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. On their part he is evil spoken of, but on your part he is glorified. But let none of you suffer as a murderer, or as a thief, or an evildoer, or as a busybody in other men's matters. Yet if any man suffer as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God in that name. 1 Peter 4, 12-16 Paul tells the Philippians that they should expect the same conflict which they saw in him, and at that time heard to be him, Philippians 1.30. The Greek word translated conflict is agona, which comes in the English word in our word agony. Paul was informing the Philippians that they would be persecuted for the cause of Christ. There are many other biblical passages which provide insight into the Christian's manner of life. For example, Paul told the Ephesians, from Ephesians 5 verses 1 through 11, be therefore followers of God as dear children, and walk in love as Christ also has loved us and has given himself for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God for sweet-smelling savor. But sexual immorality and all uncleanness or covetousness, let it not be once named among you as become saints, neither filthiness, nor foolish talking, nor jesting, which are not convenient, but rather giving of thanks. 
For this you know, that no whoremonger, nor unclean person, nor covetous man who is an idolater, has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Let no man deceive you with vain words, for because of these things comes the wrath of God upon the children of disobedience. Be not therefore partakers with them. For you were sometimes darkness, but now are you light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth, proving what is acceptable unto the Lord. And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. But there is more to Christianity than refraining from evil. We must be engaged in good works to have God's approval. In his parable of the vine and the branches, Christ taught that Christians must be fruit-bearers. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch, and is withered, and men gather them, and cast them into the fire, and they're burned. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. Herein is my Father glorified, that you bear much fruit, so shall you be my disciples. John 15, 6-8 At the conclusion of his great chapter on the resurrection, Paul urged his fellow Christians, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. 1 Corinthians 15, 58 In his letter to the Romans, Paul outlines some of the obligations Christians must honor. Let love be without dissimulation. Abhor that which is evil, cleave to that which is good. Be kindly affectioned one to another with brotherly love, and honor preferring one another. Not slothful in business, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing instant in prayer, distributing to the necessity of saints, given to hospitality, Romans 12, 9-13. People worldwide may wonder why Christianity does not have a greater influence on the human family than it does. Could it be that we are not exhibiting the attitudes and behaviors we ought? Paul said to the Philippians, Wherefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you both to will and to do of His good pleasure. Do all things without murmurings and disputings, that you may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God without rebuke, in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation, among whom you shine as lights in the world, holding forth the word of life, that I may rejoice in the day of Christ, that I have not run in vain, neither labored in vain. Philippians 2, 12-16 I close our brief study with Paul's admonition to the Philippians. Fulfill my joy that you be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind let each esteem others better than themselves. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Philippians 2, verses 3 through 4. Dear friends, what a wonderful way to turn back the clock and consider the works and the lessons of Brother Claiborne. And did you not love his thorough use of the Scripture, especially his exceptional study through the book of Philippians on the Christian's manner of life? I am sure you will conclude with me that the Christian in this world needs to have a life 
that is according to Jesus Christ and that others can see Christ in the world. It's often been said that you may be the only Bible an individual will ever read, and those words are so important. After all, we're reminded in 1 Peter chapter 3 that the wife may win her husband without the word by the way she lives. Well, friends, our life and our influence is probably the first thing that a person sees that very well may open a door for them to learn of Jesus Christ. Friends, let's think on these things, and let's consider these matters, and we are indebted to the late Winford Claiborne that he, as in Hebrews 11.4, he may have passed on, but friends, as in the spirit of Abel, he still speaks, and to God be the glory. I'm going to pause here for just a moment and defer to our J. Webb with a little more information about previous broadcast from International Gospel Hour. Hello, friends. Please know that any previous broadcasts from the International Gospel Hour are available at our website, internationalgospelhour.com, and also available on several podcast platforms. Maybe we're on your favorite podcast site. Just search for International Gospel Hour, and you can find previous broadcasts. They're always there 24-7 for you to listen or even to download. And now, let's continue our study. We appreciate our J-Webb and his information throughout our broadcast. And friends, we hope that you will uh, tune in with us. We have a number of tools of how you can reach our work. Of course, the favorite podcast site that you might have, and you very well may be listening to us through that podcast site. We'll know all of our programming is available. Our daily broadcasts, oh, they're about 13 to 15 minutes long, but many people use those. Uh, One homeschool mother uses them as a daily devotional, to which we're grateful. So feel free to use our work and the things that we do for your benefit and to God be the glory. We're going to continue our studies together at another time. But for right now, friends, I want to thank you for joining me today here on our broadcast from the International Gospel Hour. And pray that you'll join us once again very soon. I'm Jeff Archie, and friends, keep listening. Thank you for listening today. May this study prompt your search of God's Word for His will in your life. To assist you in your study or to listen to our other programs, please visit our website at internationalgospelhour.com. To God be the glory. glory